Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Lopez here. You're about to listen to episode number 252 of the Under Gun Line podcast. On this episode, I'll be having a conversation with Melinda, who is a TikToker who I've TikToker who I've been following for about a month now, listening to her content about, you know, um the indigenous people of America and uh debunking. She does a lot of debunking on certain uh cultures or other folks that try to take credit for stuff that was already here but anywho uh we talk a bit about her military career in the in the air force we don't hold that against her uh then we talked about her transition into the civilian sector and her journey into the identification of her indigenous culture and um anyways hope you enjoy it uh i had really had a great time i was fucking i'm still wanting to talk more with her so i can't wait to have her back on here to discuss even more things maybe about the star people that the indigenous believed in that'll be a great one so anyways with that said i hope y'all enjoy this episode and let me know what y'all feedback is in the comments thanks for being here on the gun line y'all Gun line, gun line, gun line. We got a fire mission coming down, y'all. I'm your host, Lopez, and you're listening to the On the Gun Line podcast, episode number 252, y'all. Where has the time gone? Yo, check it out. Usually, Hunt would be here as my co-host or Urena, but unfortunately, due to logistical shit and admin stuff, they weren't able to make it in. However, comma, like I had pumped out on the last inter- uh, podcast that I did, I was going to have a motherfucking guest here with us who was going to educate in a way you know and get me well uh, the cultural aspect that i've been going on and i'll dip into that a little bit more but without further ado i'd like to welcome melinda thank you for being here on the podcast thank you for having me i appreciate it no doubt i've been following you now for a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. dare i say a month but i think uh, a couple of your talks get banned for some reason you got haters out there so (laughs) People hate I the got, truth. I, yeah, I got plenty of them. This is my third account on TikTok. So. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's crazy, my yo. Account I had for about six months, and I had almost 38,000 followers on that one. And then my second account I had for a little less than two months, and I had gotten up to almost 8,000 followers. And then this one I've had for a month now. And I'm back up to 7,000 now. So there you go. There you go. Hope until the haters come and fucking take you down. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, That's what they, just, do. they don't like the truth, you know, and we'll get to that here in a bit. Uh, one thing I do want to point out is that Melinda is um, a veteran and you served in the Air Force, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah. Ten, ten and a half years uh, active duty Air Force. And then I did a couple of years in the reserve after that. And I was a, a medic. Nice. All right. So good shit. Uh, with that being said, like, um, so you joined, how old were you when you joined in? Oh, uh, right out of high school. About two weeks after I graduated, I went for, I went to basic. So I left in uh, June of 2001. Mm. And then uh, a couple months later, while I was in, in tech school, 9-11 happened. So, yep, pretty much spent the whole career during the, from Did the beginning know? of it all. Yep. Nice. Holy shit. Well, that was an experience I'm sure you didn't think was going to happen. 
Well, good. good. You joined the right <laughs> fucking branch there for it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of. I mean, I uh, I did deploy twice. I had two tours to Iraq. Okay. Uh, my first tour, I was um, in Balad, 2004 to 2005. Okay. Um, during the time when it was dubbed Motoritaville. Mm-hmm. And I was an ER medic there. And then my second tour was in 2009 um, in Baghdad, and I was a medical advisor and liaison for the Iraqi Special Forces medics. Oh, sure. Um, right on. Yeah. Where were so, you at in, um, in Baghdad? Uh, area, area, yeah, uh, area five, area four. Yeah. Area four. That, that's in the biop area, though, right? And I'm guessing. Yeah, it was in the biop. It was like right down the street from Sather. And it was uh, the Iraqi Special Forces base. So we yeah. were actually living with the Iraqis. Oh, Yeah. What year was that? Uh, 2010 during the drawdown. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was there in Mosul. I was there from uh, 2009, 2010 when they renamed it to New Dawn. And oh, they, yeah. it, it made me laugh when they were like, all combat troops have been pulled from Iraq. And I'm like, did we miss the motherfucking memo? Because uh, we're going on a mission right now, yo. <laughs> And, uh, oh yeah, there was plenty of missions still running in two, in 2010 too. Right, motherfucker! Like, did we miss that motherfucking memo? The war ain't over, y'all. We still got fucked up out there in Mosul a few times. So, but uh, yeah. did um going back to your your early years, um, did you have any previous family in the military? Um, yeah, I had uh my uncle, my mom's brother. He was a marine, and he served in Desert Storm. Okay, and I had a cousin also who was army. He was also he also served in Desert Storm and then some older um, cousins like around my mom's age, um, they served, but they weren't in any in any of the wars. Mm -hmm. And then I had um, some of my uh, my grandmother's brothers who served as well. They were all either Army or Marines. So I was the first Air Force. And then my two younger brothers joined the Air Force after me. And so they. Well, yeah. So you broke the wheel on joining fucking uh, real branches and went. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be some shit talking, but you know. Yeah, but you know, our ASNAP scores are higher. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, man, you motherfuckers. I was in Korea. When I was in Korea, dude, uh, we went out there to uh, Camp Humphreys. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to say that there's an Air Force base. Uh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Was it Camp Humphreys? You, no, 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 no. It was a. Uh, Fuck, I can't remember that fucking Air Force base out there right now. Osan. Osan, yes. Those motherfuckers. Dude, y'all had it hooked up, is all I'm saying. I mean, y'all. I've never been to Korea, but yeah, I've heard heard the stories. I've heard the stories. Yeah, you guys have it fucking hooked up. I ain't mad at y'all, though. I mean, supposedly y'all got paid extra for living in our barracks because they were substandard. But that's what they say. (laughs) That's a rumor. I wish. I, I. It was funny because I was stationed with the uh, with the army. Um, my first uh, when I was stationed in Germany, mm-hmm. um, I was working joint operations at the hospital at Launchstuhl with the army there. And then um, my second deployment was joint operations with the army. But yeah, now nah, we didn't get paid extra. Now, unless unless it was like field pay type of deal, mm-hmm. yeah, they might get that. But it's just a rumor. They they. <laughs> Unless the like, if it's really bad, really, really bad, they might throw you a little few extra dollars, but it's not nothing significant. I don't know. I mean, to the Air Force, not having air conditioner might be really, really bad. So, <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, I'd, I'd rather, I'd, hey, 
I ain't gonna lie. I'd rather stay in a hotel than stay in the field. I've stayed in the field before, but I'd definitely rather <laughs> stay in the field. I ain't gonna lie. Well, you know, I, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I, I joined the military to be in that. I put, put myself in that environment. So, you know, I don't mm-hmm. hate. I mean, that's why I joined the field artillery. I knew I was gonna be in the field a lot. And yet when I was out in the field, I was bitching. It's like, why are the fuck are we out here again? But it's all gravy. So what made you, um, what was the decision? Like it was the military, something you had looked into doing? Uh, not initially. Um, I kind of always looked up to my uncle who was a Marine, but I didn't, I didn't know what I really wanted to do after high school either. So Mm. I kind of was like, I don't want to, I don't, I didn't want to spend money on college and not knowing exactly where I wanted to go with my life. Like I I didn't even have any clue as to what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, you know, this will be the a perfect opportunity for me to get out from where I was at and, you know, maybe travel, get some GI Bill money and mm-hmm. go from there. And I initially started off with just enlisting for four years. Then once I got into basic, I uh, added two more years to my contract in basic, like a, a full. And then I reenlisted again after that for that four, that, that second four years. And then and then I got out um, so I could finish nursing school and and I was a single mom at the time. So my, you know, my second deployment, my my kid was a toddler. He was three years old when I left. So, you know how it is when you leave. And then being a single mother deployed and his yeah. father was also he was a C-130 crew chief. So his dad was constantly gone. Right. So we were deployed at the same time. So I just felt it was easier and more stability for my son for me to get out and just go to school and start my nursing career but up. i actually plan on going back in that's what's up and now you know with that bachelor's if you got one yeah. yes ma'am <laughs> get that salute going, and that motherfucking officer pay <laughs> yeah as soon as my son graduates i'll be going back in as a medical officer and that's that way i can i mean it's 10 more years might as well knock out the 10 years retire you know by the time i'm 51 and mm-hmm. I have to work anymore because I'll retire with that officer pay. So. Amen to that. And then you throw in <laughs> all the VA bennies to go behind that. Yeah. You'll be golden. You will be mm-hmm. golden. That's what's up, man. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. Dude, uh, let me see. Um, what were your expectations versus realities of the military? Um, my my uncle and my cousin pretty much they they gave me the rundown. So I didn't I didn't wasn't expecting any more than what they told me. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, um, actually I, I thought I was going to be getting yelled at more than what I did. But it was funny because they both told me that I was initially going to join the army and they both told me, they're like, no, you, you will go air force. It's better for you as a female to go yeah. air force. So you need to go air force. They still clown on me, which I always thought thought was funny. I'm like, how are you going to clown on me when you basically threatened my life to go? In the- <laughs> and then now you're going to clown on me for being in the air force. For but- real. Right. I'm doing what you told me to do. And now you're shit. You know what? <laughs> Typical fucking Hispanic family. <laughs> exactly. You know? Right. Uh, you know, we tell Uh-oh. you do this the right way. And then we shit on you for it. We can never be proud. You know, yeah. oh, you could, you, oh, you completed high school. Oh, you got a fucking <laughs> diploma. Ira que chingon. Oh, you think you're all that now? Can never say congratulations without fucking shitting on us. <laughs> exactly. But where are you um, from originally? From Colorado. Oh, okay. Whereabouts? Yeah. Uh, the Denver area. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. Right. So, and yeah, then I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with that. I was stationed in uh, Fort Carson, Colorado. 
So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Down in the Denver area. And then my, my family, like my, where my grandmother and them grew up, they grew up in the San Luis Valley. Um, so that's where they grew up at, but okay. which is Southern Colorado out by Trinidad and Alamosa. Oh, okay. Like See Trinidad I'm tracking. Cause that's over there by yeah. Raton going into New Mexico. Right. Yep. I yep. had to drive through there when I would come over here to San Antonio. So right on cool shit, man. Um, cool beans. So, uh, when you decided to get out, you know, um, when you decided to make a transition to the civilian sector, you already had a plan on what you wanted to do, which was go to school to get your nursing, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, did you have any difficulties in the transition coming out of the military into the civilian sector? Man, I still do. Word. <laughs> I still do. It's, you know, it's been, I got out in 2011 and it's still, wow. I still have uh, issues. I'm just so used to being. Uh, it not being an issue with me being blunt and direct to people, you know, mm-hmm. and you know how it is in the military, even when you send an email, it's like, Roger that or yeah, this was taken care of. And that's mm-hmm. it like quick, a quick four word sentence. And that's it. Um, so the ER kind of working in the ER kind of helped me transition that a little bit because yeah. you don't have time to hurt, pe- you know, people's feelings can't get hurt in the ER because right. it's life or matters. But when I kind of, um, left the ER just for to being a single mother. It was just kind of hard on me and my son. So I left the ER and kind of went more into the corporate medical insurance world for a little bit. And yeah, that it was always a constant, I need to talk to you, your attitude, your, and I'm like, what attitude? Like, seriously, all I'm just telling you is what it is. Like, what are you mad for? But (laughs) And I had to constantly watch, I cuss a lot. So I had to constantly watch my mouth. Like I really felt like I couldn't be myself. And mm-hmm. so um, I went into uh, doing contracting work where mm-hmm. I work on my own for now. And then um, I'm actually going to go back and um, work for, um, work at Bamsey at the military hospital there. Fuck yeah. So, at least that way I'll feel more comfortable and be around people who think more like me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, so that's always been the thing is just that sometimes people can't handle my directness or my bluntness, or mm-hmm. they think I always have an attitude, which already adds to the shit being, uh, you know, being a woman of color. I was like, just going to say that shit. So I, was just, it already yeah, I didn't even to say it. woman of color. I will just say being a woman is going to be like, oh, she's woman, coming yeah. out sassy or bitchy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So it already adds to it. So, it, you know, they all, all automatically think that I'm always got attitude problem or some shit like that. And it's just like, you know, what, whatever. I don't I don't fucking care. You mm. guys can get. Me. And that's so. the thing. You know, I don't fucking get it. You know, we just I prefer being blunt, direct, straight into the fucking point. I don't like tiptoeing around. I get you have to have tact. Got it. You know, there's different ways to say go fuck yourself without saying go fuck yourself. Exactly. And I do it. You know, but there's some times that, you know, I've gotten caught where I say this is about the dumbest motherfucker I ever met in my life, you know, and let's just say HR, you know. Yep. Yep. It is that tiptoeing around. And it's like sometimes, you know, if you tiptoe around so many people, that's how you get taken advantage of. That's how Mm -hmm. I see it. And it's me with my experience in my years and my career throughout from the beginning joining the military my nursing career I've been a nurse for eight years so it's like I don't need you you guys need me it's not a problem for me to find a job I can go anywhere 
I have the experience. I have the resume. I've worked in many different areas within medicine. So if you think you can treat me like shit just because you think you have authority over me, again, I don't need you. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll always be good. I'll always have a job regardless. Fuck yeah, dude. That, that's what's up. Now, and it's cool because now we're transitioning to a few things that I wanted to talk about. Um, and again, there's certain things that, um, like certain terminology that people use that I personally don't agree with. Um, but I respect y'all, you know, that use it. For example, that person of color shit, that's not me. I don't like referring myself as a person of color because, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm Danny. So we're going to go into this cultural thing now, if you don't mind. All right. Oh. Uh, oh, she lit up a goddamn cigarette. Oh, shit. She's going to tell me to have a day. Watch. By the end of this, she's going to tell me, have a day. <laughs> a I'll be laughing at that shit. <laughs> or what you call well, a motherfucker like, a goof. If, if I say have a fucking day or have the day you deserve, I get my shit taken down. So it's like, you know what? Have a day because whatever your day is, whether it's good or bad, just fucking have it. Like, because at the end of the day, karma's going to get your ass anyway. So have a day. Facts. Facts. No, and I'm so it, it like I started hearing this person of color shit, and um again, not trying to demean it or degrade it or anything, you know. It's just yeah. like I hear it, and I'm like, isn't white a color? You know what I'm saying? But I get the, in the sense that people are using it, and then um or BIPOC. That's another one that I heard. What the fuck is a BIPOC? You know, and it's just like, so I I'm I'm in this I'm in this uh in this path where I'm trying to find my identity. All right. My my what is Danny's identity? And just a quick fucking real quick history of me. Born in South Central, well, born in Los Angeles, raised in South Central. So I grew up in the in the 80s and 90s. You know, I was born in 77. So I grew up in the 80s and 90s in a predominantly black neighborhood. All right, which then shifted into a Mexican neighborhood. Well, primarily. But so growing up there, I grew up being that Mexican down the street. But I talk like a straight black kid. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there going to be like, well, what's that supposed to mean? What does a black kid sound? Imagine it in your head. That's what I sounded like, all right? <laughs> y'all know what the fuck it is. Y'all y'all seen the boondocks? That was me, all right, as a young <laughs> kid. But I was Mexican, all right? So, But I spoke with that, um, that dialect, I guess you could <laughs> say. As I got older, though, come to find out, bro, I'm not Mexican. Um, Turns out... I'm going to Nicaragua with my mom because that's where she's from. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, what part of Mexico is that in? <laughs> nah, that's on a whole other place called Central America. Hmm. And then come to find out that my dad's from El Salvador. And um, so once my friends found out that I was Salvadoran, all my Mexican friends, there's a rivalry between Salvis and Mexicans. So uh -huh. I was just called a Cerote from that day forward. All right. So I lost my Mexican identity that day. Like, what the fuck am I then? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I grew up with the culture of, you know, of Mexicans and blacks and just the South Central neighborhood. Yeah. But I was kind of still lost. Like, okay. And I didn't start thinking about this until much later in life. Um, then the only thing I knew about white people was what I saw on TV. You know, again, 80s and 90s, you're talking about 90210, you're talking about all these fucking fantasy things, like everybody's living great and rich. And all I knew about white people were my teachers and the police. That's it, bro. And then the only other race I knew about was the Koreans. 
which were our mm-hmm. chinos that worked at the swap meets or what y'all call flea markets. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that was my extent of racial knowledge. Bro, oh, speaking about racial knowledge, I did not know that the N-word was a slur until I was in eighth grade in junior high. All right? Because when I say that I spoke like a little black kid, I'm talking it all. You mm-hmm. know, and I was talking to my boy Richard, and I called him, mm, you crazy. Next thing I know, I'm getting wrapped up and taken to the counselor's office. And they were like, you can't be saying that. That's a rat, bad word. I'm like, what? No, that means like my brother, my dude. That's when mm. the reality hit me of that. But anywho, so more confusion, right, to my self-identity. Yeah. And I guess that's why I ended up in the military, too. It, well, I, um, let, me, let me change that. Why I enjoyed the military. Because I think the military within itself is a culture. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, what I appreciated about it is that black, white, Asian, Islander, Puerto Rican, Salvadoran, Mexican, Indian, um, Native Indian American, whatever, you know, we were all equally worthless pieces of shit. All right. Mm-hmm. In basic. And the way you advanced was by your worth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I drank the Kool-Aid 100%. I will not lie to you. I drank the fucking Kool-Aid, all right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you had your good old boy clubs and you had your different. But I didn't grow up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s when there was that segregation shit. So I'm only talking about 2004 to 2015 when I was in. That's yeah. it. So anyways, but I adapted to it. I enjoyed it and I loved it. I loved the whole military thing. And then not only that, within the military itself or in the army for itself, we had different branches, armor, infantry, field artillery. So within those, you had another subculture, which was your branch or your MOS, your job, right? And we took pride in that and like being in a field artillery, being in an infantry or whatnot. Again, I know this is probably like a, a, a stretch, but this is not how I see it. And that's the culture that I've, I felt accepted in, if that uh-huh. makes sense. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I yeah. finally felt like I belonged. All right, cool. I get medboarded. I come to the civilian sector, yo. And I've been in a search now because I'm not a Mexican-American. I'm not a Hispanic-American. I'm not a Latino-American. I'm a fucking American. You know what I mean? That's what I consider myself, right? But I started seeing all these other people like, I'm trying to unite versus separate myself personally, right? Mm -hmm. But I find it sometimes that some of those conversations end up doing more hurt, like by dividing and putting ourselves in boxes, right? Mm-hmm. Where am I going with this, yo? So I decided I'll, it goes to with checking the boxes where it says, are you white, Hispanic, black, Hispanic descent or some, whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And then they had, you know, like Indian or uh, Native American. And I'm like, why can't I check? Why don't they have one that says mestizo? That's where my first realization came in. Like, okay, so I missed Diesel, mm-hmm. you know. And then I started, you know, listening to some of your content and content from others. And like, I, I listened to y'all and, and I started hearing some others that you uh, educate a lot of that say that they were here before everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's another conversation. So anyways, that's what got me onto this journey of finding out who I am. Luckily, I was able to, decipher that the indigenous people of where my dad's from in Tenancingo, El Salvador, they were pipil. All right. So they're like Nahua pipil, which turned out, I always thought, I always said, you know, the we're Maya, we're Maya. Our people Mm -hmm. in Central America were Maya. Wrong. 
turns out that these Nahuapipil were actually came from the Aztecs that migrated down south and settled in that area. Mm-hmm. Well, all this fucking time I've been saying I'm fucking Mayan. I have no idea. You know what I mean? I'm one of those guys that's just spewing shit just because I want to connect, you know? So I've been trying to educate myself. Like you say, go educate yourself. Right. So I've been trying. And, but along with that, I also want to connect with the Spaniard side. Porque I wouldn't be Lopez if it wasn't because those people that crossed, you know, from Europe to over here and Mm -hmm. did they do horrible, horrible things? Yes. Yes, they did. Unforgivable Mm -hmm. things. And now, do I know if any of my descendants did it? I don't, because I can only go back as about to my great great grandmother. That's about as far mm-hmm. as I can go. Now, did they open the pathway for more people to come in? Yes, they did. And would things be different if they had never shown up? Of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, so what I'm getting at is I want to learn from both because I, in my belief, and please educate me if I'm incorrect on this. But with the mestizo culture, if it's not even a culture, I guess it. I think it should be a culture or a race at least, because we're talking about two races that made one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, is there? Do I need to choose one or the other to connect to, or is there a possibility to connect to both without vilifying it? You know what I mean? Yeah, if no, that makes I, sense. No, I hear you. I like, know there's a lot to unwrap right there. I'm sorry. I've been wanting no, to talk no, to you for no, so you're long. Good. You're good. I always tell people like um, how you're going to identify is how you're going to identify whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, there, you know, you got you got the Afro Indigenous people who connect with both, you know, both sides. Um, me personally, like I always was told I was Mexican growing up and my family came up from Mexico. They settled in the New Mexico, Southern Colorado area. And it was, you know, when it was still a Nueva Spain, they mixed, you know, and they were indigenous peoples. And then they were also mixed with Spaniards. And then um, on top of that, then when uh, then when Mexico lost the war to, to Spain or when they won the war and gained their independence from Spain, then that area then became Mexico. And then then when we lost the war to the United States, then that area became United States territory, which eventually became New Mexico State and Colorado State and all of that. So my roots have always been in that area and my family's roots have always been in that area. Um, um, and I just recently got my genealogy. And so um, I never knew, I always knew that we had indigenous bloodlines but I always was like, we're Mexican. Like I knew it was like a mix, but we're Mexican. Our culture is Mexican. That's who we are. You know, it's it's what I was always told. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I even still right now, uh, just say I'm Mexican indigenous because I haven't fully connected to the tribe that I'm connect that my family lineage goes down. And um, and even even like my direct family line goes to the Zuni. And then I have a couple lines that crisscross that are Apache and Navajo, um, Mexica, and um, I, there's another one um, that's from part of the the Nahuatl speaking tribes. But um, they, so just knowing that and knowing that, and then kind of looking through that history now, and I see how things happened. And um, some of my family were enslaved by the Spaniards. 
And so, um, and then they were also detribalized and pushed out of their, you know, being um, out of their, their, which is why we're having to reconnect, right? right. Uh, but certain things within the culture always stayed, our food, for one, like, you, I mean, you know, you lived in Colorado, so you know the Mexican food out there is way different than here in Texas, you know <laughs> yes, what I mean? It is. And so it's very indigenous based from the from the indigenous peoples in those areas. Right. Um, and so our food for sure. Um, even I don't speak uh fluent Spanish. I understand a lot of it, but even the Spanish dialect out there is very highly influenced by the Tewa um uh language. So you have bits and pieces of Tewa um words mix in with the spanish words as well so those were things that we knew of and then um connecting being connected to the land has always been in my family like we didn't like we went camping we were always yeah. out there you know playing in the rivers and on the lakes you know doing all that stuff my my great grandfather was a land rights activist matter of fact he had the um the longest running lawsuit in Colorado history. It went all the way to the Supreme Court and um, they came to a, an agreement. But of course, you know, the the white the white folks out there, they don't they don't like to stick to their agreements. And so they were always <laughs> finding loopholes to try to sell off more land so yeah. that way the people couldn't use the land like they were supposed to. And so there's still lawsuits going on, additional lawsuits that have been going on for that land out there. So that's always been kind of embedded in me. So I always felt more connected to being indigenous than being Spanish. Gotcha. Um, and then based off of the family history, like there was a lot of things that were kept secret or not spoken about for reasons. Now I know why those reasons were. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, that's why I feel more connected that way. Gotcha. I don't really feel the need to connect. I, I'm like disconnected from a lot of like, I never learned Spanish because my grandmother, she was never in boarding schools, but in school, when she was growing up, they would beat her. They would lock her in closets every time she spoke Spanish. So of course she was afraid to teach us Spanish. That's why I barely, you know, barely know it. And I, I know Spanglish more than anything. Right. Um, and so then on top of that, I left the church a long time ago, I left when I was 16 because I never was, I never felt connected to Christianity for myself. Mm -hmm. So I left when I was a kid and my family didn't have a problem with it. They were always very supportive of being who you are and identifying how you feel. And, you know, we support you even if we don't always agree with you. So I never felt that connection. So to me, those were the two biggest things of Spanish culture was the religion and the language that I never was connected to in the first place for me. I see what you're saying. No, no, 100% no. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I uh, ask that's you why I never identified as mestizo either, because I just never saw it as like, for me, the Spanish and what happened to my family. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of and I'm and I'm not saying everybody who was Spanish in my family, but there are descendants of mine right. who were conquistadors. I mean, ancestors of mine who were conquistadors. And so for me, not everybody and so many of us were very mixed. That's why my percentage of DNA still is pretty high. It's still 40%. Mm -hmm. And so because everybody was highly mixed, yeah. um, you know, and so um, I'm not saying that, er, you know, all Spaniards were bad, but at the same time in my, in my family history, right. 
the ones that the the pure Spaniards that were in my family, they they didn't come life, with good intentions. Yeah, they they came with you know, and and even my great great grandmother, she was fifteen and married off to a man who was twenty eight. So you know those types of things. It's yeah. like, and then so I, I mean, understand why some family lineages don't have that. You know, they would maybe. Maybe they were actual not conquistadors, but immigrants that came in, you know, mm -hmm. and they just kind of mixed in with the population. And that's how it happened. And that's, you know, I can understand being connected to both. Right. But uh, for me personally, I just can't. I don't have. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I got gotcha. you. No, trust <laughs> me, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, you know, and I, yeah. I like I said, I respect that 100 percent, you know, yeah. Um, I just. I, I don't know. I don't know my lineage. You know, I don't. I just know, like I said, I can only go back to X amount. And I wish I could go further back because then I'm seeing where my dad's from. That small little town was like for real, for real, uh, like a Pipil area, you know. And even the name is is indigenous of that town. So mm -hmm. I just wish I could reconnect more and see where our last name came from, how it got in there. How You know, I just wish I could go further back. Um. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to have to resend you a new link. Like I said, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, oh, no, but no problem. When we come back, though, um, could you let us know how it is that you started? Like, what got you to start on your journey that okay. you're on now? Or was this something that you've always been doing? You know, if you don't mind. Is that cool? Sure. That's cool. All right. I, I am loving this so much. I appreciate it. Sorry if I'm talking too much. but No. I'm, really I'm excited. For real. It's good. All right, I'm going to shoot you that link right now, okay? Okay, all right. All right, y'all. Right, I know y'all didn't know it was like about a two-minute break and shit. It was going to be like a quick flip-flop for y'all, but we're back here with Melinda, and um, y'all need to go check her out, Brown Pride. I'm sorry, Brown Girl Pride Zero on the TikToks. Y'all need to go check out her content, especially if you want to learn and educate yourself on pre-Columbian fucking history, y'all. And to some of y'all out there, y'all need to know that, no, y'all were not here. All right? Y'all weren't. You know who you are. You know who you are. So, anyways, with that being said, thank you again, Melinda, for being here. So, like I was saying earlier, um, could you let us know, how did you begin your journey into your current... I've only been following you since you started this last TikTok up, so I don't know the amount of content you've put out and what it was about, but... How did you begin your journey into this, into looking into your connecting or reconnecting? Uh, well, it started a few years ago um, when I did my DNA test just to kind of confirm what I always knew. Um, I just didn't know how much native DNA we had. I didn't know how that mixture happened. Like I said, there was a lot of things left unsaid or not mm -hmm. told or passed down. Um, so then we all kind of started helping um we all kind of started working on our genealogy, but we were hitting stumbling blocks. So I kind of never felt comfortable saying I was indigenous right. simply because I didn't know who my people were and I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of knowledge on, you know, native issues and, and culture and things like that, just from what I knew from my own personal family. Um, so when I got on TikTok, I actually started getting on TikTok. It was around um, the Roe v. Wade overturn. Okay. So I was kind of speaking a whole lot on women's issues and anti-racism stuff and things like that. Yeah. And then I came across this TikTok uh, where they were talking about Africans being here before Columbus. And I was like, 
you know, through my research and, you know, kind of going down the realm of uh, researching indigenous, you know, histories and cultures throughout, you know, North America and Mexico, I hadn't even gotten to South America or the Caribbean yet. I was just kind of, you know, looking at North America, you know, North America, mostly mm -hmm. the United States and, and Mexico. And um, I was like, that, that don't, that don't make sense to me. So I started like researching the things that they were saying. And I was like, I'm not finding any of your information. Like, where are you getting this from? And that kind of started me down the path of debunking and correcting misinformation and um, wanting to make sure that, and then I realized that there were even some of our own people, people who were reconnecting or people who may not be reconnecting, but knew that they have native ancestry or things like that, that were kind of being persuaded by some of these things. Right. And they're like, Oh, oh yeah, that's so cool. And I was like, hold on. No, because this is taking away from our history. And then where it really got me was when they started saying the Olmec were African. And I was because like, of the stones, right? Yeah. Because of the stone heads. And I was like, nah see now you're now you're stealing history what the hell are you doing like and then i realized like they didn't really understand human migrations and they didn't understand you know genetics and adaptations and cultural evolution and linguistic evolution so i kind of started going down the path of let me at least educate and uh just because it's a demographic that is more the demographic is, you know, most that's pushing this are, are black people. Mm -hmm. And it's not all black people. It's just a certain group of black people that unfortunately is getting larger and larger. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people think, oh, it's just a small fraction. No, these, 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 some of these people have over a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, um, on YouTube. Some of them have millions of followers on YouTube. So it's, it's a larger group of people than people think it is right and um and it's really misleading so many people and then on top of it it's it's when they started saying the mayan were black and oh, you know <laughs> the aztecs were and then you know it was just kind of like no those are my ancestors like you know yes. what i'm saying like no like you're we're not going to steal my people's history like enough has been stolen from us you like, know I always made a joke that all white people always have, if you ask any white person, they're always like 20% Cherokee or somebody in their bloodline was Cherokee. And yeah. I was cool with that. You know, that was my joke, but at least they're not trying to take the whole fucking tribe. You know, yeah. these motherfuckers talk about, no, we was here first. Like, yeah. And exactly. it started when I started hearing it was that they were, they claimed to be like a fucking um, Israeli lost fucking tribe that came here. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, Bro, do you fucking hear yourself? You yeah. Know? But no, and one of the one of the one of the books that uh one of my co-hosts, Hunt, um, he's gonna definitely listen to this. I could already hear him. Uh, but he's into like this book about before Columbus oh, or 1492 yeah. or some shit. So, you know, he points that out. And I haven't read it, and I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm not gonna read it because to me that's just written for a targeted person, you know. It, so the, the history on that book is called We Came Before Columbus. It's written by um, Yvonne Van Sertema. And um, basically he was uh, a college professor um, with more of a focus in history, but he wasn't an anthropologist. He wasn't an archaeologist or nothing like that. He never even set foot in Mesoamerica at all. Um, he took people's other people's work 
mostly white people, other people's work um, and kind of made inferences to it. He even manipulated what the Columbus Journal said and things like that. So his book was debunked across archaeologists across the board. Like multiple archaeologists came out and said, no. Are you there? Are you there? Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. Pause, pause, pause. All right. All right, everybody. That was not any editing. Y'all know I don't edit. There was a fucking something that happened with the goddamn interwebs. But um, the last where she froze and we picked back up, it was Mesoamerica fucking da -da 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 -da, white man. All right. So he never stepped foot in Mesoamerica and, and he interpreted, I guess, uh, writings from white people that he had read or something. Yeah, so it was basically he took um, a bunch of scholars, uh, white, and you know, back then it was mostly white scholars. Mm -hmm. So he took a bunch of their work, kind of interpreted how he thought, um, made inferences that weren't accurate, um, even misinterpreted the Columbus journals, things like that. Um, and if you actually read the, the journals themselves, which by the way, don't exist, the real journals don't exist. Um, they were lost a back in the 1500s so they the the um a, a guy named um he was a friar his name was um Bartolomeu de la Casas mm -hmm. he apparently had uh, a copy of the journals and then transcribed it and translated it um so that's where everybody gets their information from but if you read the actual transcripts mm -hmm. it never says anything that Van Sertima says in his book he talks about gold tip spears in his book. That's not in the journals. He talks about um, Columbus came across people that said they saw black people. That's not even correct information in, in the journals. So there was a lot of things. And archaeologists all across, especially experts in Mesoamerica archaeology, debunked it. There's mm -hmm. like a whole 30-page paper on this where they pretty much debunk his book point by point. Um, so, but it was written in the seventies, but people still hold on to it because that book was actually used in college courses for, you know, um, African-American, you know, uh, uh, courses that they had, you know, mm -hmm. specifically focused on, on African-American history. So a lot of people were using that book. So a lot of people still reference to that book oh. and, that's why I've always debunked like many everything that they it's always the same things. It's the Columbus journals. I've debunked that. It's the Olmec heads that's been debunked. Not only has it been debunked because it's racial science to say mm -hmm. uh, certain features are African and not no one else, but also DNA in in the Americas is only linked to here and we find no African DNA pre-Columbus here. So then you have, um, then they talk about the Mali voyage that's been debunked. There's no evidence of the Mali ever showing up here. If the voyage happened, it happened, but we have no evidence of it. Um, then they talk about the tobacco cocaine mummies that's been debunked because there's actually um, where they always thought that there was no uh, plants that produce cocaine in Africa. Yeah. They've actually found plants out there that produce cocaine in Africa <laughs> that were that are indigenous to Africa. Um, so like these types of things that um, have since been debunked with current research and current, you know, um, archaeology and all of that stuff. But 
they tend to still want to navigate to old research and not update their research. And I get it because um, what I've noticed is that it's kind of like an ego thing, right? Because at the end of the day, um, Black people, African-Americans and Africans also, they they have always been put at the bottom. Right. And to say that they made it here before Europeans would be a huge accomplishment to say. And then it's like they... I think to them, they feel like we're taking that away from them. We're right. taking this accomplishment away from them, which that's not what it is. Like I've always maintained, if you can show me evidence, I will concede. Mm-hmm. I will concede 100%, but there's just no evidence. And if you guys came, y'all came, hung out, maybe, you know, had a you know couple barbecues, you know, <laughs> hung out on the beach, had vacation or whatever right. and left, but there was no impact on our people, like culturally, genetically, right. linguistically, there was no impact on our people. And what it does is it takes away from our people and what we've accomplished and who we were. And when you guys said that they came here and the Olmec heads and all of that, it's making it seem like you influenced our people. Thank you. And you didn't, you know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, and it, to me, but it, I feel like it's really this feeling of you're taking away this accomplishment as if we couldn't travel. Well, we traveled too. So we could have we could have gone over there, but we don't so, make those claims. You know, another one that, that makes me laugh though is when they start saying, like, you know, um the Egyptians, the fucking all these Moors and all that. Okay, that's North Africa. Okay. We're not talking about North Africa, we're talking about sub-Saharan Africa. All right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a big disconnect with a lot of people not understanding that the motherfucking Egyptians weren't as black as the sub-Saharan, you know, and and I, that's a one argument that I had with, uh, well, not argument, but a discussion I had with Hunt was I'm not saying that it's not possible that, you know, some of your ancestors, you know, jumped on a boat and said, hey, let's go west. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let the winds guide us. And then, you know, you hit fucking Cuba and then you hit fucking Mexico, hung out for a while, you know, like you said, invited them to the quinceanera and all that shit. And um, y'all hung out and then Chuck Deuces. But that's about it, bro. Like, you yeah. not. Like you said, it's taken away. Just like they believe that, you know, by us debunking their their history. Their yeah. That, you know, they don't understand that they're taking away from our history, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like, that one live that you did with that one. Li- well, there was that one lady who was on there saying about we're not African. And then she is African. And then she was fucking. Uh, a Louisiana Indian, and I don't. She lost me. She was all over the fucking place, bro. I I, I lost brain cells that day listening to that lady, you know. But um, <laughs> I tell you, um, I I can't. I wish I could have the feeling that you did when you found out. You know, you were able to connect with that one person that, that told you about your 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 lineage. You know what I mean? Because I remember, like, you were really excited. I saw it, you know, and and your tone projected it. And um, I know in El Salvador, they're starting to recreate or bring back the the pipil, you know, um, mm-hmm. like the Nahuatl language. They're teaching it in their schools. You know, they're they're actually letting it thrive and, and become what it used to be. Hopefully it will. But um, it's crazy what the Spanish, uh, you know, did to the Indios because... In 1932, there's this thing that happened out there called La Matanza, where they took their fucking lands, 
They were killing anybody who said they were Indian. And that's why everybody started just killing. Soy mestizo. Soy mestizo. Mm -hmm. Even if they were fucking full-blooded pipil or, you know, whatever, Lenka or Maya, they were like, soy mestizo, because that way they wouldn't get killed. And then what does the government do after they take away their land? They charge the motherfuckers to grow on that land after it was theirs, bro. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's horrible what they did. It is. And um, I, I hope that we're able to progress from that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and to your point, I, I can't stand when motherfuckers go out there and say, like, yeah, we were here first. No, no, you weren't, bro. No. you In Nicaragua, where my mama's from, there are some Africans there because they have a yeah. Caribbean side. They have yeah. them on uh, the mesquitos. And mm -hmm. uh, But in El Salvador, you don't have very, very many black folk there because they mm -hmm. only have the Pacific side. You know what I'm saying? But anywho, um, I digress. I, I get lost in my own fucking thoughts sometimes. But oh, anyway, yeah. so when you reconnect, as you're reconnecting, like, uh, what are some of the things that you're doing? One thing I love that you point out, there's motherfuckers out there that want to reconnect for money. All right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because I, I, my tribal identity, government money. Look, first of all, I want us to be recognized as a people. That's all I want. Recognition as a people, because I don't care about any money. My people from El Salvador, there ain't no motherfucking money there. You know, <laughs> the people, yeah. nothing. I just want them to be recognized as a people and for the culture not to disappear. Because now that I have kids, I want them to know, hey, you know, just because you hear the term Native American, don't think that just means the the the, the Sioux, the Utes, the Apaches, the Blackfoot. You are also, you have that blood in you. All right. Mm -hmm. Your last name might be Lopez, but there's probably somebody in there named Incunkle Chacatacla or something like that in your past. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I want them to be able to connect with that at least someday in the future, because I don't want that part of history to be erased, as you said. And it seems yeah. like that's the way it's going. And not even by the white people that a lot of people try. I mean, the white people, I guess they tried, they started it, but now it's by our own people, you know? Well, here's the difference, right? So white people, they claim their identity to either one, prove that they're not racist, because if they say that they're indigenous, they can't be racist, right? So it's like, that's that's what they do. And then two, they do it for land grabs, you know, they want to take more land. So that that's their whole purpose in claiming to be native. The the purpose when it comes to black people, a lot of it is some of it is um, for clout and thinking that they're going to get some kind of money or land out of it because they're not getting reparations as black Americans. Mm -hmm. It's been promised and promised over and over again, but they're still not getting it. And then the other thing is, it's just it's it's be, it's being lost. You know, it's not knowing your identity. Yes. And then um which to me, I and, and I hear t a lot of times it's we weren't there's this there's this shame associated with being slaves. Mm -hmm. And it's like if you if you really knew our history, we were slaves, too. Like, you know, but we're not sitting here saying we're not indigenous because we were slaves. Like mm -hmm. and so there's this entire I think there's this misconception that um, these Africans that were brought over here didn't fight. Right. Like there were many you know, rebellions that happened um, before they even got on the slave ships. There was a rebellions on the slave ships. There was rebellions when they got off the slave ships. Like they were, they were fighters, you know, but it, it's just, you bring people across the ocean away from their lands. Where are they supposed to run to? Right. Here, we actually could run and hide because we knew our lands, you know, 
we had places where we could hide out where they couldn't find us. We we were able to escape much easier. So they had a hard time keeping us enslaved. And then on top of the diseases, you know, that was another thing. So it, it's it's like, it, and then it's for us, it's easier to reconnect because we are on our homelands. Right. You know what I mean? Um, for them, they would have to travel all the way to Africa, which isn't a cheap, you know, travel for one. And for two, you know, you have, you, you know, so you have to travel all the way over there. Then you have to travel to, if you, especially if you've never, you know how it is in the military, you know, if you've never been to another country, it's a little intimidating at right. first when you, when you leave, because you're like, you're entering a whole nother country, you're entering a whole nother culture, language, everything. So to go somewhere where you've never been, you've never left, if, even if you've never left out your city, much less leave the country, mm-hmm. you know, it can be very intimidating for people to want to go back home to where their ancestors are from and reconnect and, with them. And then also have to deal with, uh, with their own racism between them. Because yeah. I, I know that I'm, I remember when um, there were a lot of cats that I knew that were like Somalian, you know, and they were like, Oh, these guys aren't real black. They're not African, you know, like mm-hmm. about black folks in America. I'm like, what the fuck? And I guess they don't look at them like, like that you know they look yeah. at them like uh, they're for example almost like whitewashed you know what i'm saying yeah. but here's the thing like you know and that could happen that happens within our own culture as well mm-hmm. within, within our own latinos like you know either you're too white to be mexican or too mexican to be white you know what i'm saying but it's not yeah. your fault you know you you're just a product of what you are and uh but i think i i would hope that that doesn't happen if like for example, I wanted to go reconnect. If I go back to El Salvador, which I probably never will, but um, if I did want to go back over there, just because I lived out there in 1995, 94, I can't even remember no more, 94. And um, anyways, and it's not not an easy place to live at right now. But uh, well, back then it wasn't. But anyways, um, I would hope. I mean, I would feel bad if I was turned away. Like, oh no, you get in, uh-huh. get in this, You have Spanish in you. You are not accepted. You know what I mean? That would yeah. break my heart, bro. You know, as much as I, I don't see the our people doing that. But I mean, could there be some that do that? I'm not sure, though. You know, there are some. There are some. I, I mean, I get it sometimes where people say I get a p- few people who are like you're not a real native. You you didn't grow up in the culture. You're reconnecting. Reconnecting mm-hmm. isn't a real thing. I've had that type of shit too. And you know, I always chuck it up to colonization, right? Because even even full bloods or people who are fully connected and things like that. Like they've, they've, they've are still products of colonization. That mindset is so deeply ingrained into all of us. Um, and it's a process to decolonize from all of it. Um, and, and I guess because uh, initially before I became a nurse, my degree was in psychology. So I have a real interest in, in psychology and, over the last few years, I've been really studying the, the psychology of white supremacy. And when you like really pay attention to the little, the microaggressions, the, you know, the, just the ways, like, for example, within our family, right? So mm-hmm. why a lot of people do sometimes feel like they have to not discount being Spanish, right? They're, they're like, I, I, they're still, like how you said, it's still part of me, right? Right. It's still part of if, if it wasn't for that that happened, I wouldn't be here. I'd be somebody else. And that's true. But when you think about it, 
think of how most Latino families are, whether you're Mexican, El Salvadorian, mm. Puerto Rican, whatever. What is it that we say to each other? Even if you're, you know, even if you're mad or even if you they did something wrong, whether it's your brother, cousin, whoever, they're still familia. Mm -hmm. They're still family because they're your blood. They're your right. blood. That was ingrained into us by the Spaniards. See, the Spaniards purposefully mixed with us, one, to breed out the native. Right. Two, to say, you can't hate me because I'm your familia. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. And so because that was ingrained generations and generations and generations back, you can't hate me no matter what bad I do to you, no matter how I hurt you, no matter how I abuse you. I'm your family. You have my blood. We're blood now. And so that has transpired throughout the generation. So even you don't recognize something just as simple as that, as if your brother did you wrong, but you have to, and you feel like, you know, you don't want to forgive them or you don't want to deal with them anymore. <laughs> I always tell, I always say like, I can love, I can love my family, but I don't have to like them. Right. Yes. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to hang out with them. I don't have to keep in contact with them. You know, yeah, they're, they're family by blood, but that doesn't mean they're family by bond. Right. And so, you know, that it's toxic. Right. But so that has been pushed throughout the generations in our families. And so no matter what their familia, no matter what, even if they're bad, they're, their family, you support them. You, you do everything. You sweep shit under the rug, you right. know? You, you sweep the abuse under the rug. You don't talk about it. You sweep all of that under the... You don't say nothing. It's it's secrets. It's You keep it in the family. That's our business. That You know, things like that. And so those things were ingrained into us generations and generations back. But unless you really start to decolonize and start researching the psychology of white supremacy, you don't know. You don't know that. You don't notice those things. So... My question on that, not to cut you off, but my question on that would be like, wouldn't uh, on the indigenous side of the ancestry, wouldn't they also believe that, you know, I mean, blood is thicker than water at the end of the day? You don't think um, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here, for example, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. say the, the that the, the Europeans never came, you know. Each tribe was each tribe. They still had the little feuds as always. Mm -hmm. you know, wouldn't they look down upon others for intermixing, let's say, with other tribes per se? No, actually, um, if you look at so northern tribes, like in the United States, mm -hmm. um, they purposefully kept themselves from gr growing large because it was bad for the lands. Mm -hmm. So they would mix with other tribes. One, it was bad for the land. And so you would create new clans. That's why when you look at a like a large nation like the the Cherokee or the Cheyenne, they have different bands or different clans. Right. Um, and they would separate from their original clan and kind of move a little bit further away so that way they can protect the lands, but also protected blood. Because if you have too much intermixing within the tribe, that starts, you know, we all know what incest does. So that's mm -hmm. what that so intermixing with between tribes wasn't a, a, a look down upon thing. It, they knew that it was important, but see, we didn't have this concept of race or right. mixing before colonization. Right. Um, so that was, so that's where they would have, they would have intermixed. Now when it comes to like the whole blood is thicker than water thing, um, 
different tribes do different things, but the, the majority of it was if you went against your own people, you were punished for it. And you had to earn your way back into the family. You had to earn your way back into the tribe. Um, and if you didn't, you were ousted. And that's what it was. And that person either had to find another tribe to go belong to <laughs> or, you know, whatever it was. But right. that's what it was. It was if you messed up severely enough, then you had to earn your way back in. You had to prove that you could be trusted and you prove to be honorable again um, versus, you know, you're just family. So we're still going to keep you in the family because you're blood. You right. know what I mean? I see what you're saying. So that was the difference. See, and like I said, you'll hear me like play devil's advocate sometimes cuss my mind thinking yeah. of like, but I mean, I'm not going to know if I don't know. You know what I mean? So. And that's how, that's how it should be. That's how conversations should go, you know, because otherwise you don't learn. You don't grow from it. You don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I always have like questions of what if and whatnot, but I try to keep them. To where it's not sounding like an attack or it's like I'm trying to like argue. I, I'm just trying to mm -hmm. fucking for my own childish fucking knowledge. I mean, like I said, I'm still on this kick of like, what is American culture? I'm still trying to fucking figure that one out. Like, what is our culture? You know, and for shits and giggles, this is the best answer I've gotten here, Melinda. This is the best answer. I went to my daughter like, Emily, what is American culture to you? And she's like, well. They were too diverse to have a culture. There's too many cultures here to just be one American culture. And um, and then she said the one thing that stood out there was like, but there's a stereotype of American culture that we're too patriotic. And I think that's like the only thing that made a lot of sense. I'm like, yeah, you know, we are some patriotic motherfuckers, which, you know, we, well, I I'm a patriotic motherfucker. That we mean. Okay. But, you know, for my 12-year-old to be telling me this shit, because when I was 12 and you asked me, what is our culture? I'd be like, the fuck does culture mean? You know what I mean? So, um, and I'm still trying to figure it out. And I, I did see a couple because I put it on the YouTubes and the show like that. What is American culture? Right. And um, people were saying, like, you know, the same thing she said as far as like, you know, uh, there's too many diverse cultures and whatnot. Or the one thing I didn't want was, well, do you mean black culture? Do you mean white culture? Do you mean Hispanic culture. No, I'm not about American culture. I don't like because I want I'm I don't want to divide. I'm trying to unite. If there was do you think there's a such thing as just American culture at all? My answer is American culture is white supremacy. Because look at how our entire system is built. Um not in the sense of every person is a white supremacist, right? I'm talking about how the culture, the culture in itself in America was built upon assimilation. It was built upon um, stealing land. It was about, it was built upon putting a racist system that is still in place. Um, and it upholds that white supremacy in many ways where we're still as people who are in marginalized groups. Cause I don't like to say minorities cause we're not the minority. We're actually the majority when we take um, all black and brown people together, you know, we are the majority. Um, so, but we're the marginalized group. And so when you take the, what, when you take these different marginalized groups, um, that are still having to fight for acceptance, which is why I don't even believe in equality. I believe in equity over equality because equality to me is 
trying to be equal to the oppressor and the oppressor will never see us as equal. And then you have, you have to then take on their mindset to overthrow them because then you have this, um, you basically, um, replace one oppressor with another because you're, you're searching for power, a power grab and that power grab, depending on who grabs that power and how their mindset is, especially if they're not a decolonized mindset, you're going to end up just swapping out oppressors for an oppressor. So American culture to me is that, but when you look at the diversity of America as a whole, as in the United States as a whole, um, and the continent as a whole, you know, it's not one particular culture. Like they said, it's multiple different ethnicities. I believe in tribalism, not segregation, but tribalism, right? So tribalism is being with your people that share the same culture, that share the same ideologies that, you know, you're not going to have 100% agreement, but it's, you know, people that you connect with on a, mm -hmm. it's kind of like the military, like you have a diverse group of people, but you all have most of, most people share the same kind of perspective and ideology. I mean, outside of politics, right? But <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's you're, you're my brother, you're my sister, right. I got your back, you got mine, regardless of how we, like even when during the, the war, regardless of how each of us individually felt about the war, mm -hmm. we still had each other's backs 100%, no matter what. Yep. So to me, I believe in tribalism and having smaller tribes the way our ancestors did it, that's kind of, you were able to maintain being a people without having to have large major world wars because the larger an empire gets they always fall you you start the you start only having a few people at the top with the voice and everybody else at the bottom doesn't get to have that voice and we see that here this right. country has grown so large we have you know over 300 million people here not and this is why people don't like to vote they don't feel like they have a voice you see what I'm saying? Because of the electoral college, I mean, but well, which makes a lot too. of sense, though. Um, yeah, because of the electoral college. But even then, do you really, it, even if like you have just the the straight across popular vote, you're still gonna have people who don't feel like they have a voice because there's it's so large. Well, I mean, so many people. Uh, well, I mean, this is the way I see it as well. I mean, if it was based on just a popular vote, only the coasts would fucking run this country mm -hmm. you know and and that's one thing like when there's this argument or discussion regarding like you know uh it should be the popular vote like okay does a motherfucker in san francisco know what a motherfucker in iowa does and how they feel probably not you know so i think if anything it's more of a regional thing as far as like the northeast the southeast the south the west coast the southwest those are all different cultures within one big culture i guess you could say because even like you said even the foods how different mm -hmm. they are you know between colorado and texas alone you know and even when you look at states those are still large mm -hmm. like you can't you're not gonna get everybody to feel like they have a voice even in state elections right you know what i'm saying i find when people do participate in local elections i feel i find people when they actually start participating in local elections, I feel like then they feel like they have more of a voice because mm -hmm. it's a much smaller demographic. It's a much, it's your, you're talking about your community now. And that's but where the popular vote counts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it directly affects you, but it's a smaller amount of people. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? 
But when you start looking at larger and larger and larger groups, and when we're getting to the national level in this country, particularly, nobody feels like they have a voice, regardless of how you do the election system, whether it's the electoral college, whether it's popular vote, whatever it is, you have millions of people who don't feel like they have a voice, like their vote doesn't count. Exactly. But see, I think also, in my opinion, I think what it is, is um, the loser is never going to be happy on either end. You know what I'm saying? And that's why it's going to be like, well, why the fuck did I even vote? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, because like, especially on a large scale, you know, but is it the whole point, right? The larger you are, the less you feel like you have a voice because you're going to be on your one way or the other, you're going to be on the losing end. Mm hmm. But when you have a smaller group of people of, say, a couple of thousand in a tribe, you know, in a smaller nation, Mm -hmm. people have more of a chance to speak up and have their voices heard. Even if they lose, they at least felt like they were heard. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I don't, you know, um, for the past 45 years of my life. I've been hearing we're going into politics for some reason now. Sorry. Uh, for, <laughs> no, the past, no, no, yeah. for the past 45 years of my life, um, I've heard the same fucking promises from every fucking candidate that has gone through. I used to be a uh, Democrat. All right? I used to be a Democrat. Why? Because envir- the environment I grew up in. That's all mm-hmm. I knew was all the blacks, all the Mexicans. Hey, we vote Democratic. I didn't even question like, okay. First time I went to go vote, they sent me a letter saying, this is who you're going to vote for. I said, okay, went down the line, you know, and as I got older and after the during the military and whatnot, and I saw there was more of a world outside than just mm-hmm. L.A. is when I started becoming a little more conservative, a little more conservative. Mm-hmm. Now, am I far right MAGA? No. Mm-hmm. Am I more along the I like to identify myself in the middle again? I don't like to put myself in boxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's shit on the left I like, there's shit on the right I like. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm a realist. That's what I am. Is I'm a real motherfucker. Whatever you do with your life, cool. Don't fuck with me if it doesn't if it doesn't interfere with me. I don't give a fuck. Do you, boo boo? You know. But the moment you start, uh, your 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 life starts affecting my life. That's when I'll have issues. <laughs> so, and that's and, the thing. Mm-hmm. You have two party systems, which is shitty. Which is shitty, and so most people. Like you said, like even me, I'm, I'm, there's uh, like before, uh, you know, the conservatives went really crazy. Mm-hmm. There were conservatives that I actually agreed with, that I believed in some of their policies. I'm, I'm one who is not about big government. Again, I believe in tribalism. So obviously I'm not about, <laughs> so, and keep, keep your government off of my body, off of my family, out of my house, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, and and so there are things that I do agree with on on a certain aspect, um, and then same with on the left side. So like I I typically fall in the middle, but at the end of the day, like it, that goes back to growing too big because yeah. now you have to pick and choose which side, and you don't like either. And Ex- this, and that's where it goes. Melinda, you're saying what I say too. You know, yeah. the left wing and the right wing, they're both wings of the same bird that's taking a giant shit on us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's honestly what they are. I only have one minute left. Um, God damn, I wish I could continue with this, but it is getting late. Would you be able to come back to us and sit down another time with us if yeah. ever in the future? Yeah, anytime. Let me oh know. Oh, my God, dude. I have enjoyed this conversation. Unless you want to go a little bit more, it's up to you. I'm not going to. 
I can go. I can go as long as you need me to. All right. Let, I'm going to shoot you one more link and we'll knock one more out. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate you. See you in a second. All right, yo, we're here for part motherfucking three. Check it. I, I just can't get enough of this lady here. Or I'm sorry. Oh, shit, were, I was going to go with my gun line. Talk. I was going to say, I don't want to misgender your pronouns and shit. No, nowadays, you're good. You know... <laughs> lady, woman, female. I am. I Dude, am. At my job, one of the things that I, I started noticing at my current place of employment, these motherfuckers started putting in like their pronouns after their signature. He, her, she, them. Like, I'm, I'm not playing this game. I am not playing this fucking game. I'm all about live and let live. Do what you do. Do you, boo-boo. But when you start trying to force me to uh, say something, that's where I have an issue. Kind of like this whole thing with Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, yeah. Pretty sure you do. <laughs> I mean, but um, I, I, I follow him a lot. I listen to him a lot, you know, and it's just a misunderstood guy. But um, anywho, uh, it's all about being forced to use certain language is what I'm against. You know what I mean? If I'm about free speech, I'm about free speech all the way through. Anyway, moving forward. So uh, where do you think, and this is just coming into my head, I mean, where do you think the Americas would be in society or in the, where would the Americas be uh, as part of the world? if it was never quote unquote discovered by the Europeans, what are your thoughts? Like, have you ever thought, what if they never showed up? What, what would, what would America look like in your thoughts? Um, I feel like, um, I feel like we would have more connections to the land and we wouldn't be as um, rough with our lands. Like, I, I feel like we would still, advanced and have technology and all of that stuff but i think we would use it in a more responsible way um and use it in a way that is beneficial to us versus harmful you know what i mean um i think i think because we were so and i think that would ha would have happened with many indigenous cultures all over the world you know because you know when we look at our history and our ancestors everybody was deeply connected to the lands and understood the lands and understood that you know, my, my great grandfather um, used to say, whatever you take from the land, you must return. Mm -hmm. And if you don't return, Mother Nature will reclaim it back, you know, mm -hmm. and we're seeing that we're seeing that happen. Um, so, you know, I mean, even during COVID, when, when we were all on lockdown, mm -hmm. like if you walked outside, you saw animals all over. I seen animals Bro. all over the place that I normally wouldn't see in the city. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? The air, the, the sky was bluer. I could see the freaking stars at night mm -hmm. you know it, it was just I, I, you could even smell the freshness in the air you know <laughs> yep. just in one month how much it seemed like the earth was healing in one yeah. month alone and then we went back to the, we didn't learn we didn't learn from it you right? know it's funny you say that dude um i know that i i joked around with this um but I, it's what i felt too that during covid you know it's it's America or not America. It's the, it's earth trying to thin out the herd, you know, mm -hmm. 7 billion, 8 billion people. It's a bit too much. So it why are these forest fires happening to thin out the fucking herd? You know, mm -hmm. why are these diseases coming out to get rid of the weak? You know, I mm -hmm. hate to say it like that, but unfortunately it, it's natural selection. It's, it's what's yeah. supposed to happen. It's the life cycle. 
Yep. It's and exactly what is supposed to happen. And it, it does sound kind of cool sometimes, but at the end of the day, I mean, we are our own worst enemy, you know, human beings. We will destroy ourselves faster than the earth will destroy us, honestly. But I think, I think when it comes to that, when you look at what technology has done and the misuse of technology, we went from being a people of across the planet of like 1 billion across the entire planet mm-hmm. to all of a sudden, like the, if you look at the, the, the line of the population growth, it literally is like this barely goes up barely, and then all of a sudden it shoots straight up and that happened like i'm sure like in the 20th century sometime like around the 40s 50s <laughs> <laughs> no it, it was happening before the, it was uh, it was around the i, I believe around the mm, around the turn of the century around the the first ad like around that time ah. yeah you know let me ask you here's my fucking conspiracy theory type shit now uh question for you um what do you think happened to because okay, a lot of motherfuckers like to think that the the Indians that were here prior to pre-Columbus were savages. But mm-hmm. we all know that, for example, in I don't know about here in the northern part of America, but if you go down Mexico down southways, mm-hmm. these motherfuckers were intelligent motherfucking beings. These temples, mm-hmm. not pyramids, these temples were mm-hmm. used for ceremonies as well as astrology. So yep. these motherfuckers were not stupid. They knew how to map the earth. They came up with the most precise calendar, y'all. Just saying. Yep. So, I mean, what do you think caused the disappearance, I guess you could say, of those civilizations that created those? Like, you know, with the Olmecs or with the Maya or the, I mean, the Aztecs were around. But what do you think may have happened with them? Like, Well, I, the Maya is still here. In Guatemala? Yeah, they're still here. Um, the Olmec probably is just, I, I believe that the Olmec more so kind of uh, either were a product of their own environment. There may have, you know, I mean, natural disasters happen when you look throughout human history throughout time. There are groups of people that disappeared because of natural disasters. I mean, we've had many, I mean, even even if people aren't harming the earth, the, the earth is still going to do what it's going to do. Right. So. You have natural disasters. There could have been droughts, things like that that happen. Um, but even then, uh, I think colonization made it worse because it caused people not to devolve, but to regress. So we're still as human be- beings evolving, but yeah. we've regressed in um, because, you know, just like, you know, comparing it to the military, you they they put you in a position in, in basic in boot camp, you know, where you they bring you down to the lowest level mm-hmm. where you feel like shit about your whole existence of life right yes. you know <laughs> <laughs> they break you to build you up how they want you to be right and that in itself can cause a regression to people when it comes to their their ways of life and how they were already progressing because now you broken them down through slavery through rape through through beatings and abuse and all of that stuff so now you brought these people down to a level where they feel dehumanized and so now now you have to build yourself back up as a human being and even when you look at just mental health illness you know those of us that suffer ptsd and things like that that takes a while to work through and get through and that's with 
help. That's with therapy. That's with all of that. If you never get the help or you never get the therapy, then then you don't continue to progress. You stay stuck. And then when you're talking about generations of trauma that are we have stayed stuck because that trauma has never been worked through. And, you know, we have to take it upon ourselves to work through that trauma and and break those generational because whether people want to believe it or not, that trauma is embedded into our DNA. Our ancestors trauma is embedded into our DNA. Your uh, stress, traumatic events that alters your DNA. Um, and, um, these are small mutations that happen and then those mutations get passed down to your offspring and it continues and it continues and it continues. And this is why it's so hard for a lot of people to kind of get out of their, their ways and stuff like that too. Um, so when you have alterations to your DNA from where we were strong warriors to now we're like barely struggling to figure out how to fight a government you know where we would (laughs) fuck shit up in the past now we're like what do we do we're sitting in this like i don't know what to do and if we go after the government and you know you know it's it's like all that shit it's like we it's not like i said it's not a uh devolving it's just a regression that we have to grow out of and it's gonna take time because you're talking about hundreds of years of people being oppressed and and harmed and abused and enslaved it's going to take almost double or triple that to get out of that regression and so everybody has to take it upon themselves to work on their own issues their own shit to kind of at least within your own family break those generational curses and traumas yeah because i was gonna say like shit by that time everybody's gonna be a fucking filipino Rod's going to look like one fucking race by then. You know what I'm saying? Shit. Um, dude, it, it's just, to me, it just it trips me out. I thought you were going to say we was Kangs. When I heard you saying where you were going with that, I was like, oh, God, please don't say it. Please don't say it. Because, you know, uh, when they start saying we was Kings and Queens, I'm thinking like, so, bro, no, you weren't. No. Now, you were given away by Kings and Queens. Because exactly. I think that's one of the misconceptions as well, that they think that, you know, uh, the Europeans got to Africa and were like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and, you know, just hunt them down, pick them up. These motherfuckers were, at least my understanding of it, they were already captured by other motherfuckers and were like, hey, we'll trade you this for that. You know, now Some of them was, were, yeah. yeah, they now, were trying to participate in that shit in Africa. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, you know, it's it's not like uh, I'm not saying or justifying it. It was just the way I mean, of the time back it. then. You know, but, you know, the way I think about it, too, is like, okay, the Europeans pre their fucking awakening when they wanted to go and conquer shit like the Vikings did and all that. I mean, all of us as humans and our human nature has been to. Pretty much fucking go out and explore and take what we can, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And um, it happened even in um in the pre-colonial times or pre-Columbus times. I'm sure it yep. did. You know, um, I was reading this book uh, that there were some certain tribes that they were cool with other tribes, but there were other tribes that were just not cool with them at all. And, yeah. You know, so well, yeah, we definitely had tribal wars, and um, I mean, the Aztecs weren't you know exactly very nice people. You know what I mean? <laughs> not at <laughs> they all. Were, they, they were they were pretty oppressive. Um, 
and things like that as well, which is why they were, why these smaller tribes were, uh, Cortez was able to turn these smaller tribes against the Aztecs right. to help him fight against them. If, if, if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have the, the conquistadors wouldn't have been able to, to beat the Aztecs. So oh, shit. I Look mean, at the Comanche out here. I heard those yeah. motherfuckers were no joke. You know what I yeah. mean? Like whew. they were the Comanche and the Apache. I mean, I think, uh, I think, Someone was telling me I haven't looked into it, but somebody was telling me that even the military has studied their their tactics. No shit. Well. Yeah. Dude, so, I'm... but you know, I mean, it, of course, human nature is human nature, and you will always have a hierarchy in human nature. I mean, that's that's nature in general. Right. And, you know, wolf packs, lions. I mean, everybody. There's always going to be a hierarchy. There's always going to be this 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 quest to because it, it it whether we like it or not, a hierarchy controls the chaos. You know, if everybody just willy nilly did whatever the fuck we wanted, we would be in full anarchy. out. Yeah, the purge, you know, anarchy. Yeah. Oh, God. So, I mean, how one, and, and, you know, even in the military, how one leads is how your people succeed. So, if you're leading in a dictatorship way, your people are going to be oppressed and they're not going to thrive and succeed. If you're, if you're leading in a more, um, you know, in a way that where you know when to shut the fuck up and let people who know what they're doing take charge when they're needed and then step in when when um, when now it's your turn again. Like leadership to me is it's not always just one person. It's multiple people together working as a unit. And that's how we're supposed to be. That's how the military, for the most part, has taught us to be. But at the same time, uh, a lot of people don't get that, you know, studying different leadership styles and things like that. You can make the shit work if you really wanted to. But greed and power, ego, all of that is naturally embedded into us. So you're always going to get the the assholes and the yeah. the psychos and the the the, <laughs> cra the crazies and the the you know you're going to get that shit. It's never going to go away as humans. Do you think here in North America, at least in the United States, um, do you think that there will ever be a point in time where We'll just see ourselves as one, you know, I mean, we're supposed to be plurious of none, but, you know, out of many, one. But do you think there will ever be a time that that happens? No. Nah. I don't do think we'll collapse before that happens. Oh, yeah, most definitely. We're too big. Uh, and the other thing, too, is like I, th I said it in one of my videos the other day, um, this whole we're one human race shit. Mm -hmm. I can't stand that because it seemed to me it's like um, the. It, it, it makes us all seem like we are one people when we're not. And it takes away. This is why people are having these identity crises because they don't know. They don't know their cultures. They don't know their histories. They don't know. We're different. And it's OK to be different. Yes. I don't know why people want to push us being all one because we're not like even like you like you were saying, I don't like to put myself in a box mm -hmm. because you will check multiple fucking boxes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how can you put yourself into one box when you um, encompass many different things as a human being, as one person? You know, you are multiple things. And we pride ourselves on being unique individuals Then push this whole, we're all one. Like, it, it to me, it's an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense to me, like, logically at all. Um, and we're, and we think too differently. I mean, even in this conversation, me and you may not always fully agree, mm -hmm. but we're going to have different ideologies and viewpoints. And that's the beauty of humans is that we can have civil discourse if right. we choose to, 
and get different perspectives. Maybe sit back and look at the conversation later and be like, okay, yeah, I see where he was coming from. I may not have agreed with him now, but at least I see where he's coming from. Right. I understand you now. And now, now that we have an understanding of each other, now we can work on a solution to something, right? Yep. And, you know, I think uh, one of the biggest problems with just being human is that there's always that, how can I say this? My daughter told me this because I told her, like, you know, um, when I asked her, do you think that we should, uh, again, this is my 12-year-old. I'm having this conversation with her. Like, Emily, do you think that one, we should look at one side over the other? Because I've told her, like, you know, we have uh, Nahuapipil and Spaniard. And also, you're, on your mom's side, you got Scots-Irish because my wife is half white or mm-hmm. three-quarter, whatever, white, white. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and I was like, I told her, like, do you think that we should be made to choose which side, you know, to to reflect with or, you know, which one we want to connect with? She's like, well, I don't think we're made to, but it's that one side is going to always want to be dominant to the other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's like, how is this 12 year old making me think like this? Like, what the fuck? Why didn't I think of that, too? You know what I mean? It's a trick. Yeah. Oh yeah, I learn a lot from my son. He's he'll be seventeen in, here in a in a few weeks, and sometimes he says some shit that I'm like, because we get stuck in our ways, right? Yeah. Like you know, they have fresh eyes mm-hmm. to the world, and they so they 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 bring that innocent perspective. It, and I always say, man, if you don't listen to these damn kids, you are not growing because these kids will bring you. You know, we've been exposed to the fucking horrors and traumas of the world. Yeah. So we we tend to get tunnel vision and and get set in our ways, where these kids are like, yeah, I I ain't experienced shit, so it doesn't make <laughs> sense to me. Like, what the hell you're doing? Like, what? Like, why are you doing it? What are you doing? Right. And then our 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 reply back is. You don't know shit. You ain't experienced <laughs> life. And they're like, yeah, but you're obviously doing it wrong. So, you know. Uh, oh, we can't win with these fucking kids. They're so smart yeah, nowadays, too. They man. are. They are. God but, damn. you know, hey, I always say, listen to the kids. Ask them, have the conversations. Me and my son debate all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it opens my eyes. I'm able to throw knowledge at him from experience, but then he's able to throw knowledge at me from an innocent perspective. Exactly. And so you, you able to kind of figure shit out a little bit more, have a, a, a sense of who you are and who you want to be as a person. So, but yeah, fuck these kids sometimes. Cause... Fuck these kids, y'all. <laughs> fuck these kids. You know, it tripped me out. I, I trip out on my daughter. Cause like, like again, Emily, cause she's like, Oh, these white people. And I have to look at her like, you, you, so you're saying you know part of you you hate and I'm, she's like what do you mean i'm like well again your grandpa your great grandpa he he's scots irish so and then she's like oh well so like yeah you might want to be careful how you fucking put people down mm-hmm. you know what i mean but it's because to her when she thinks white she thinks um starbucks uh you know mm-hmm. what the stereotypical white person is yeah so. Yeah. Eventually, I, I wanted to stop looking the at parents and shit. Yes. So <laughs> I wanted to stop looking at people through the lens of a color. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's one thing I can't stand when people say I don't see color. Yes, you fucking do. I see color yeah. every motherfucking day. I see. I don't see you as what that color stereotype is, but I do see you mm-hmm. as a color. Like you know. Yeah. 
uh because we're all prejudiced no matter what the fuck anybody says we're all prejudiced y'all um and i mean that's how i see that whole we're one race shit it's the same thing as i don't see color shit it's like you you'll see color when you gotta report my ass to the cops (laughs) thank you thank (laughs) you oh my Oh. Well, you got to describe what the fuck I look like. <laughs> you know, you'll 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 say what my color is, mm-hmm. but uh, I, and I think you know it's, I think we've gotten so used to it. And, but you know, you do here in the United States, you do have a lot of white people that that is their full identity. They have right. identified with that racial identity versus their cultures. They See, a lot of them gave up their cultures willingly. We you all of us, a lot of us got our culture stolen. They gave their shit up willingly to assimilate. And so, for example, now that we brought this one up, God damn, this is gonna go longer than I thought. So, uh, let me ask you: like, when people say white people, um, where what exactly are we considering white though? Like, you know, because we have like the white people from England, and then you have mm-hmm. the white people from Spain. You got white people from. Italy. Italy, which aren't I don't really consider them white, or the Jews, which I don't consider them white either. So, like, where exactly are we talking about as white when we say white people? I I, I typically say white Europeans. Okay, and that's what I typically say because um, a lot of them are descendants from the Europeans. But then, mm-hmm. you know, um, if I'm t- talking about like Latinos, I'll say white Latinos. You know, I'll say white Mexicans. Okay. You know, I'll say if I'm talking about a specific group, I'm like, yo, if you if you're and I and if you're pushing that colonized mindset and that white supremacy ideology shit and you pass mm-hmm. where if you walk around in the real, real world and people look at you and they see, you know, not a, a, a shade darker than a paper bag, <laughs> then then yeah, you are, you know, and that's that's not my fault that you guys labeled yourselves that shit. You right. Get mad at your ancestors for doing that shit. You know what I mean? Uh, but at the end of the day, like if you it to me, it's like I, you know, you you seen it on my page. I get called every fucking I'm I'm white, I'm black, I'm mm-hmm. you're you know, anti-black, like, I, 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 and I'm. I'm and they don't know I'm shit about you. But who I say the fuck I am, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I, no, I'm an indigenous person. Like, I, no, you are, you are Ethiopian, you are Asian, you are Mongolian. I'm everything else but what I say I am. So to me, nobody mm-hmm. can take my identity. But if you're willingly wanting, if you're, if you automatically identify as the one thing that you don't want to be, that's kind of on you. You know what I mean? So if if you're if you're saying I don't. White is a, and I see white people say this all the time. It, that's a racial construct. We are not white. We are not a color. And I get it. But yet you identify that way still. When you check off that census marker, when you, when people ask you, what's your ethnicity? Do you say you're Scottish? Do you say right. you're Irish? Do you say you're German? Or do you say I'm white? Because that's the nationality though, right? Versus a race. Well, I mean, it's, it, a lot of uh well you have nationality but within the nation nationality is just your citizenship right so you can still have different ethnic groups that um they're like even like with like like for example with mexico right mexico is a nationality right but here north of the border it's an ethnicity yes 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 so good point good point south of the border may not be an ethnicity but north of the border it is so um, a lot of nationalities and ethnicities are kind of synonymous with each other, depending on where you live. 
Can you um dis, um dis, define like the difference between ethnicity and nationality? So nationality would be where you hold citizenship, whatever nation or country you hold citizenship in. Okay. Um, your ethnicity is your culture. Okay. It's it's a a region within you know a, a group of people within a region that share the same you know, religious practices, food, language, um, traditions, customs, all of that kind of encompasses your culture, right? It's, it's you know, even when you look at different cultures, like military culture, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You'll, you'll, there's certain things that show that you are part of a military culture. So when you look at like Mexicans, there are certain things, it's, you know, most Mexicans are Christians. Most right. Mexicans, you know, the food we eat is pretty similar. Maybe slightly different depending on region. Right. But it's we all know what a fucking enchilada is or a tamale right. or, you know, we all know these things. So menudo, all of this shit, right? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, you know, um, even, you know, when we're talking about even traditions and customs, mm -hmm. even though it's a mix of Spanish and indigenous shit, like, it's still... That's what I was going to ask next. This is, it encompasses what we have been for multiple generations. So that that was going to be my next different from pure Spanish right. and pure indigenous right. because we've had that mix of culture. That mix. And see, and that was going to be my next question. Like for, that's where my, uh, I guess my, I'm still trying to find my identity that because I'm not a hundred percent. I don't even know what percentage I have. Obviously it's there. You know, mm -hmm. from both sides, but I and then to go into that whole what do y'all call that quantum blood quantum? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even know how that shit works, but I know it's there. But the only thing that I know of is what I was brought up with, which is just what our mestizoness is, which is that, like you said, everything intertwined into one. Mm -hmm. So is. Does that make that a, a a culture or an ethnicity since it's a mix? I mean, yeah, it could be considered an ethnicity. Um, the way the Spanish made it, they made it into a racial category. That was for but, a caste, yeah. Yeah, for the caste. But yeah, it would be it would be a culture that I like north of the border, we didn't really say mestizo. We right. use Mexican. Right. But south of the Trust border, me, again, that's where that's where the it, it changes, right? Yeah. South of the border, they didn't say Mexican, they said mestizo. Right. So that's I think that's where the the confusion happens between our people because of this damn border. All of these things, the these identity crises, yeah. these 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 confusions of who we are, happen because of colonization. Like before, like I said, before colonization, people were mixing with each other, no yeah. fucking problem. You weren't you weren't a race. You weren't white. You weren't black. You weren't brown. You you were your tribe. Right. Right. And that was it. And if you married with another tribe because of whatever reasons, whether to bring peace because there was a war, <laughs> right. whether, you know, whether to just split up because we were getting too big, whatever the reasons, mm -hmm. right? Like you, you, those cultures mixed. They right. always, there was always a mixture of culture, which is why you see similarities all over the world. You know what I mean? Yep. And so there, there wasn't this sense of, choosing one over the other you just became right and you were part of your tribe and you were your tribe and your tribe was you and that's what it was but colonization forced people to what well, one it, it stole people's identities right it took their cultures away they lost who the hell they were they didn't you know you and so you had that and then on top of it then especially with the spaniards 
they were so into mixing that it caused confusion and then saying oh now you have to take on our culture mm-hmm. so then then it was just like that's why we're all in the fucking identity crisis everybody's trying to figure <laughs> out who the hell they are they fucked us all up in yeah the they did oh my god oh. Dude, like i'm uh, I, i'm so like happy like um i'm on this journey and you know i want to get to know also like you know the tribes of of america you know like um i got mm-hmm. Like I'm going up to South Dakota here uh, for the Fourth of July, and um, we're gonna be going through the Pine Ridge, the res up there, you know. And uh, one of my old soldiers, he's up there, I think in Rapid City. So I'm, I want to link up with him just because I want to learn more of their culture. You know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Lakota Sioux, I, I have an interest in it. I'm a history guy. I love fucking mm-hmm. history. So and I I I envy. I guess it's the the word. I envy how they can trace their lineage. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, and I can't. I have like, I can only go by what I've heard and what yeah. I read, not by any oral traditions or any oral stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, because uh-huh. my grandmother, she was born 1897 and she looked like a little indita. You know what I mean? Like your typical little pipil indita that they show. That's what she looked like, you know, but I never asked her about any of that because I was too young to even uh, try to try to even have those conversations. And even now, when I try to talk to my mom about it, you know, it it's already a, that mestizo mindset. Like, you know, we only know what we know, you know, uh-huh. we don't know anything more than that. We, I only know that my mom's grandmother was of a tribe in Nicaragua and that my mom's grandfather was from Costa Rica, but he came from Spain to Costa Rica Uh and then migrated to Nicaragua where he met my great grandmother. They got together and that's where, that's as far back as I go with the lineage on my mom's side, you know? So. And it's hard because, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no, you're good. You're good. I was going to say it's hard because the way the Spanish colonized us was different than how the British colonized North America. And so, and the, like North America, they actually wrote down your tribes, you know, they wrote down your lineage. They did those, they, they, they were doing that where the Spanish, they didn't care. They didn't, they're like, you're Mexica. Cool. You're still Indio. Yeah. You know, Indio. That's all it was. Indio. And, and so that, that was the thing. So that's why so many people have a hard time, especially within um, Latin American countries mm-hmm. is that people have a the identity crisis for us is just as real as it is for some of these you know black people that are having this identity crisis because people and then we're so highly mixed that yeah. <laughs> that we don't know like you know and then you can't trace it because they destroyed records mm-hmm. or they automatically erased you by not putting down your tribe and calling you an Indio from the jump and then once you mixed then you were no longer Indio you were Mestizo yep. and then you were a mestizo who married another Spanish and had a child, then your kids were no longer mestizo, they were castizo. Right. You know what I'm saying? So then it it, it was always a new identity, and which has caused up. the confusion. Well, not only that, and then you think about it, like I'll, I'll, I'll speak for Central America itself. Um, with so much chaos that's happened out there, all these civil wars, all these um, documents just disappeared, they get burnt down in the government buildings, yep. you know, so there's a loss of of history there. You know, uh-huh. and there's nothing to, to nothing tangible 
you know, to to grab onto. At least in my case, you know what I'm saying. In my case, I mean, I'm sure if I was to go down that rabbit hole, but you know, going to El Salvador, going to Nicaragua is not that cheap. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then also greed is a motherfucker because some people they'll tell you what you want to hear. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, it's and, oh, and no. erasure of history like people always say why are you living in the past it's not living in the past it's understanding the past and yes. trying to get the truth of the past because when you get to the truth of the past you're able to get you're able to figure out who who you are um and sometimes you'll never be able to and sometimes people have to come to terms with that and it's a yeah. it's a hard reality for some people but at the same time at least understanding what happened kind of gives you closure in a sense. Yeah. You know, um, and, and many indigenous peoples, if you can, even if you're like, uh, I was, I was told by a few elders, they're like, like, I haven't found my people. Yeah. I haven't found my tribe yet. You know where I come from. And there, and someone, and one of the elders said, your, your tribe lives in your heart. And you know, your people will find you when it's right. But at the same time, they also said, you know, you don't have to be legally connected to a tribe to be adopted by a tribe. Word. There will always be people who will take you in. You will always find your tribe, regardless if it's not your exact people. Mm -hmm. You will always find a tribe to connect you. Like I saw somebody the other day. They were like, my tribe is the my running group, you know, right. That, you know, that's what it is. It, you will find a tribe somewhere where you fit in. And that is who your people may become. It right. may not be who they were, but it's also who they become. Yeah. I, I think uh, right now my tribe is, you know, those of us that are of European and indigenous blood. And that's as far as I can take it. I want to take it further back more and connect more, but at least I'm happy I'm at that situation. And then, you know, I'll, I'll continue going down that rabbit hole. Like I went through the Lopez line, like where did the where last name Lopez come from? What does it mean? You know, and it comes out, turns out it means of wolf, you know, it comes from the Latin and Portuguese. But and then so the same thing, I want to know how far back I can take it. And I have to go back to El Salvador eventually to fucking find out more about the people in my dad's fucking pueblo because they don't have a lot there. El Salvador is a poor little. The one thing I did end up learning was that Cuscatlan meant jewelry or jewel, land of jewels in Nahuatl. And that's what it was called back then. So. So far, I'm getting, I'm putting things together little by little, you know. Uh, real quick before we end, um, do you have any recommendations as far as like literature for those of us that are starting? Because I'm at the baby steps, you know, in, in this journey. Uh -huh. What is some good literature for those of us that want to reconnect with the Mesoamerica uh, or th that we can read up on? I, I honestly tell everybody to start with the book American Holocaust. Okay. Because that gives you an idea of what our people went through. And then from there, then start going down the, because that's going to start opening up your mind and questions to like, okay, this happened here. So now I want to research more of this. And now I want to research more of this. And you go down the rabbit holes. But when you go down the rabbit holes, I always caution people, make sure that when you're looking at books, Pay attention to the, who the author is. Yeah. Kind of research the author a little bit to make sure they're not some kind of ethnocentric person because we have ethnocentrists in our in our community as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then um, look at different perspectives throughout history. Read different perspectives. And when you read the different perspectives, you can kind of cut through all the bullshit. 
Yeah. You know, because you'll see the commonalities that are occurring. And then you're like, ah, okay. So this is more probably where the truth lies because this person said this, this person said this, and this person said this, and they all basically said the same thing. So now we can kind of find more of the truth. It may not be the exact truth, but it's closer to the truth. And then I do, I, I mean, documentaries are good to mm-hmm. kind of get an idea of, um, reading, uh, getting online and just reading different articles, historical articles and different papers. I can't recommend exactly because I literally go down rabbit holes myself. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I go down and I, I, I go from one resource to another resource to another one. And it's just like, by the time I, I've gone through seven and I'm like, I don't even know where I started, but <laughs> right, what the original uh, question was. <laughs> yeah. But the, the American Holocaust is a good one. We're talking about what happened to our people. Okay. And that gets you kind of started down the path of understanding what happened to our people, how it happened, and then allows you to kind of take it from there because that's the first step is knowing what happened. And then you can then be like, all right, so this is this is the starting part, what happened. Now you can go either go backwards or go forwards. Does it but tell you how you much have... time is left by any chance? Uh no, it still says recording. Okay. It's probably gonna hang up on us. I'll just send you the link for a quick two minutes so we can wrap it up. Okay. Yeah. Sounds. All right. Give me one second. I'll send it over to you. All right, y'all. Went through another link here. Um. So you were telling, you were saying American Holocaust is uh-huh. one that will go ahead and um at least the first step into getting the literature in, right? Yeah, getting the literature in, kind of, because that it, it's the starting point of what happened from with our people. Mm-hmm. But then again, you can from there you can go backwards. And then you can move forward because then you can look backwards at pre-colonization. Oh, a good YouTube. Um, I don't put, usually promote YouTube videos, but this is an actual documentary. Um, and it timeline timeline did it. It is called um, the true. I think it's true ancient or true Native American history. Let me. Let I think me, I know which one you're talking about. It's like about a yeah. three hour long one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good one to kind of get some uh, idea of how our people lived before Columbus, you know, outside of the atrocities. Um, so uh, when when you find that one, I have it posted on my on my uh, TikTok, but um, where it was talking about creation stories. Right. So that one is a good one. And there's, there's actually more there's more than just that three hour one. There's actually a, a couple of more that are about another hour or two hours long okay. that talks about different things. So that and it, it goes everywhere from creation stories to how we um, how we did our agriculture, um, languages, um, how we built structures. I mean, there was like it goes into like even even when it came to like larger empires like the Inca and the Aztec who conquered you know smaller tribes. Like it talks about like all of it. So, so it's uh the true ancient origins of the Native Americans, fourteen ninety one before Columbus. Is yeah, that the one? That's the one. Yeah, okay. that's the one. Yeah, um, dude, I I sometimes go into like into far left bullshit or far right bullshit sometimes i got a left feel like did were we influenced by my shit goes out of this world to say Uh you know put things like you know were there connections with other beings above but that that's gonna open up another fucking can of worms that i'm we can't do the star right people. Now. Our people believe yes. in the star people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, so maybe we could discuss that on a future episode if you if you don't mind. Yeah. If you have any knowledge on that, 
you would fucking blow my brain out with that. Uh, but <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. What are your socials so that people go and follow you? Um, on TikTok, it's uh, Brown Girl Pride Zero. Um, again, my third account. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then on Instagram, it's Melinda Ray R A E uh, eighty two. So M E L I N D A R A E eighty two. Um, and then Brown Girl Pride Zero. So those are my two main socials that I use. A lot of my content from uh, TikTok, I post to Instagram. Okay. Not all of it, because some of it is just a little arguing back and forth. So I don't really post all of that to Instagram. But most of my educational stuff, I post to Instagram. So you'll at least get a whole, uh, you know, understanding and basis of the education stuff. You don't have to, you know, if you want to see the drama on my TikTok, go to oh, TikTok. Yeah. And it's good fucking <laughs> drama, y'all. I mean, I... It's on the gun line approved. All right. That is some good <laughs> shit. And I love it. And the only thing that sucks about that is that motherfuckers, they just, they start insulting each other. And that's where I, where you want to lose me quick, just start with the insults. But like, okay, I, I know that you yeah. don't know shit, you know, or, you know, I don't claim to know shit. I don't, I don't look, I don't have a PhD. I have a GED and a DD214. That's all I got <laughs> behind my name. All right. Yeah. So, with that, I talk what I believe and what I feel. And if somebody's going to fucking hit me up with facts, cool, hit me up. I do do some due diligence. Sometimes I'll do research. But most of the time, I just go to talk shit, you know, especially know. when because it's been happening since I was a kid. You know, the blacks are always saying like, oh, we the real ones over here. Motherfucker, get your ass back to motherfucking mm -hmm. what they say, you know, go back to Mexico and all this shit. Like, anyways, so the shit talking yeah. was always there in my in anyway, I'm going to stop before we go. Thank you very much again, Melinda, for being here. I really do appreciate this. Um, and don't disconnect just yet. I just got to do my clothes out, all right? So, no problem. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. Um, with that said, make sure y'all go check that out. Um, If y'all like this episode, make sure y'all give this motherfucker a like, a thumbs up, or whatever the fuck y'all do out there. Let's get that algorithm shit going. Um, yeah, rounds complete. End of mission. Gun line out. March with her motherfuckers.